Hello, Spokane. Welcome to Church and State. This is Caleb Collier. And this is Gabe Blomgren. And we encourage you to plug into the pew and plug into politics. Today we are going to hit a few of the uh, uh, news stories that are going through Spokane and Spokane County, Spokane Valley. Uh, First off, let's talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in Spokane right now. So the uh, city council just voted to override the veto of the mayor. Uh, This is a really important story because it shows why Christians really need to involve themselves in politics. So the mayor had vetoed this because what it did was it made it unfair for conservatives when they were running a campaign. What it did was it allowed for unions to give as much money as they wanted to a campaign, but really limited private businesses and how much money they were going to be able to contribute to a campaign. What this could potentially mean is conservative candidates could be in their death throes in Spokane. Wow. And does that, does that affect churches as well? How does that affect churches, Caleb? You know, I'm not exactly sure if, uh, if it will affect churches and how much they are willing to give. Uh, when I ran my campaign, I didn't really see much money from churches, and that's something that we can certainly talk about. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, in Spokane Valley, we had the elections of the mayor and the deputy mayor. Now, for those of you who don't reside in Spokane Valley, Spokane Valley does things a little bit differently than what Spokane does. They don't have a strong mayor system like Spokane does. And so once the council is elected, they then elect the mayor, and he pretty much is just a figurehead. Not much power, but a figurehead for Spokane Valley politics. And so the mayor was elected, once again, Rod Higgins, good choice. And for deputy mayor, we have Pam Haley. Uh, What's important about this, actually, is that the progressive uh, group that was just elected, we have have Ben Wick, Brandy Peets, and Linda Thompson, Mm -hmm. they tried to get Ben Wick both as mayor and as deputy mayor. Wow. Now, Rod Higgins had a really close race, and if Chris Jackson would have actually uh, gained victory in that, we would have had a completely... Clean sweep. Yeah, we would have had a completely progressive group in Spokane Valley. And as many of you know, Spokane Valley, I have a real place in my heart for Spokane Valley. It's, it's where I live. I served on the council. And uh, Spokane Valley kind of gets pushed to the side. The the, the politics of Spokane Valley aren't as important as what's going on in Spokane. This just proves that Spokane Valley is so important to us because Spokane is is lost right now with with the city, uh, with the city council. You have Mike Fagan in the the one lone conservative spot, and he just gets overridden. They just push their agenda. Well, Spokane Valley right now, we have four conservatives and three progressives. If that flips— there goes the, the same county. situation. It's, it, it's, it's so important that we hold on to conservative politics in Spokane Valley. Let me address that issue for a second. I just want to speak to churches. Um, we have for a long time looked at Washington, D.C. as Christians to be the place of just fixing things. And you and I, we want to, we want to squash that mentality. If Christians locally had a small town first mentality, we could then expand out because the truth is, Caleb, those who go into Washington, D.C. usually never come back the same. They get tainted. Whoever goes in usually do not come back the same person. And the truth is we can't control what goes on in Washington. We can pray for, we can pray for our president, we can pray for our senators. But if we really cared about Spokane, just like like you and I do, we would pray for our small, even, even I'm talking even public school uh, voted in commissioners. We have to pray for the dog yeah. catcher, Dave. Amen. 
So I, I, I want to squash that mentality where we think Washington, we think Olympia, we got to think local politics. Every, every person members, uh, every person matters. M- Mike Fagan, he's in my prayers because he's the lone conservative and we got to have, we got to have a mentality in Spokane that we protect conservatism. I couldn't agree more with you, Gabe. This is, uh, this is something that's been on my heart for a very long time. All politics are local. You can have the greatest influence in local politics. That's where it matters. Uh, there's, there's plenty of small communities that have, you know, just small numbers of people in them, but they, they contribute to the vote. They have great representation. That's something that we need to strive for. That's Absolutely. something Christians need to come in and realize that God calls us to be good stewards of this earth. Absolutely. A part of that stewardship is involving yourself in politics. Yeah. Amen to that. All right, so I thought we should start uh, today's, uh, today's broadcast with a few passages from Scripture because we're going to go into a subject uh, that has been in the news quite a bit lately, and, and obviously we're talking about corruption in Spokane County. Mm-hmm. So beforehand, let's, uh, let's go to the Scripture, and I'm going to be reading, reading from uh, Job 12.22. He uncovers the deeps out of darkness and brings deep darkness to light. Uh, Gabe, you care to comment on that one? Yeah, I do. I want to. I want to preface this just just so we're are clear on this. Um, in in Christian circles and Christianity, the word says it is not right for people to gossip, and is not it is not right for people to speak behind the back of your fellow brother. But I, I want to preface to all our listeners and to anybody who's on Facebook Live, the people that we're talking about are elected officials, and the people that we're we're talking about are city employees, and they're under scrutiny just like. I am, as a pastor, when we have titles, when you on the council were a city council member, you live in a glass house. So it is not gossip when we hold our elected officials to certain standards. This is criticism, and it is okay. So I just want to preface that. I talked last week about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and and I want to be be careful. These are human beings. The people we're going to talk about are human beings. I care about them, And, and I'm and I also want to say, just because they're not conservative doesn't mean they're not spiritual. I don't know their heart. I don't know these people's heart as far as where they are at with God, with Jesus Christ and the gospel. But we do know their character. The character speaks volumes. You know, what we're addressing is our character, and we have evidence of that. And so go ahead. You're right. And we as Christians, we don't hate those who persecute us, right? We're supposed to Absolutely. pray for them. We're supposed to, we're supposed to encourage them. We're supposed to love our enemies. Uh, so I'm also going to read from Ephesians 5.11, and, and I think this one really is going to take it home here. Uh, Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And that is really what we're going to be yeah. doing today. Go ahead. All right. So let's go right into it. So just recently, there was a story that came out and in the Spokesman Review, and uh, what this is is a story about uh, Bob West, who, uh, like you pointed out, was a city of Spokane employee, and he used his uh, his position within the city to illegally, well, I shouldn't say illegally, but he was out of policy mm-hmm. um, for what Spokane's rules, Spokane County's rules were. Yeah. And Bob West, for those of you who don't know, is Brandy Peets' father. So... During or through this uh, through this article, and it was from the spokesman, so it wasn't exactly favorable to conservatives. Obviously, no. <laughs> uh, they typically bent left, and I think most of the listenership understands that, that. We all exactly. Know that. Uh, so uh, Bob West claims that he did not do any campaigning at all, 
But uh, in the uh, letter signed by city administrator Teresa Sanders, she concludes that West violated a city policy prohibiting employees from using positions, offices, facilities, or public resources to, to attempt to persuade anyone else to participate in or contribute to a political campaign. That's, uh, that's pretty compelling evidence right there when the city administrator writes something like that. And obviously, Bob West has lost his job. So a lot of people online are suggesting that he didn't necessarily do anything wrong, that he was just doing some simple Google searches, things like that. Uh, obviously, by reading that, we can tell, no, he was in fact doing uh, behavior that was against city policy. Yeah. And I just got to address when people make light of that, when they try to say, you know, anytime they make light of it, try to sweep things under the carpet, we, it's a red flag for character. And like I said, we don't know his spiritual condition, but this is somebody who works for the city. My mom worked for the city and they have standards. My wife is a nurse. They have standards. You can't, you can't on shift, just go on Facebook and do whatever you want. Um, especially a city employee and character matters. And when people put this under the carpet, it's, it's doing it. It's it's doing it no service, and he he's, you know, this is not just the first time. And this was peer reviewed. This was looked at by a, a board of people. There's there's a bunch of names connected with that decision to let him go, and and I I actually hope he's eligible for retirement. You know, I'm, I'm praying that, that he's still eligible for retirement because I, I don't know how big of a slap on the hand he's going to get, and you know I don't know how hard and how long he's worked. I you know I pray that he's still eligible for retirement, but. But yeah, you, if you get let go by the city and there's a board review, it's it's not by accident. And and once you address the the two other things that that were, it, it wasn't just one thing. It was three things. It, it'd be no different if you and I got fired from the postal service. You work for the postal service. They have a high standard. You can't just get fired easily. There's a union, so it wasn't a light thing. It's a big thing. It was not a light thing. And and uh, so uh, West West actually is claiming that I wrote the letter to myself. Right. Which, is, which is a really interesting statement, I thought. Uh, so in order for this to, to be the truth, right, first of all, I would have had, had to have had knowledge that Bob West was engaged in this behavior. Right. Then I would have had to have written a letter to myself. Well, how would I have known that Bob West was engaged in this type of behavior to write the letter? Uh, you know, one of the other statements that I keep hearing is that uh, this is just Collier being a poor loser. Right. So I, I'd actually really like to address that. This letter, this anonymous letter that was sent to me at City Hall, first came to me in June of 2017. Well, in the summer. Right, right during the election season, right? I actually sat on this letter for a couple months because I wasn't really sure what to do with it, okay? In August of 2017, I caught wind that the investigations had been occurring, and, and uh, on October 13th, I was actually contract, or contacted by an investigative journalist about whether or not I had received a letter, and I confirmed it. Mm -hmm. Okay, going through that a little bit more, October of 2017, I called the city of Spokane to question whether or not I was involved in this investigation. They don't comment on ongoing investigations. Right. Now, here we are in January, and this has all come to light. So it's, it's, it's been a slow come, process, come yeah. right? There was a number of emails that they had to go through, and just like anything, you know, I mean, government works kind of slow, right? They do. <laughs> and so they have been investigating this for some time. I had, I had actually thought that this might come out before the election, but it did mm -hmm. not. So obviously this has nothing to do with me being a poor loser. I'm, I'm not seeking vengeance. Yeah, this was, this was you were, this was relevant to you back then. It was. So if people are thinking that you're a poor loser now, um, I'll just be honest, Caleb, 
cares about the city and he, he obviously is not on the city council, but he is still a part of the city. So yeah, there's no, there's no hard feelings. I know you've moved on and, but the truth is you, this was in your lap back then. It so. was. And I have moved on. You're correct. Uh, did I take the loss hard? I did. Oh, yeah. I, sure I will be the first one to admit that I loved being a city council member. You know that, mm-hmm. that I, I truly loved this. I, I really felt like I was making a difference. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm the type of person that I take a few hard days right. and then I move in a different direction. Yeah. And that's really what this radio show Absolutely. is. It's another way for me to continue the fight. It's kind of sad. I'm, I'm, I'm almost happy that you lost your spot. I, that, that's, I, I'm actually not happy. I'm one of the people in his life. I prayed. And when he told me he was going to run for city council, I was the first one in his corner praying for him. But when you, when you lost your seat and God opened this up, I, I was excited. We're doing something together and, and uh, we can still benefit the community. So he is not a sore loser. That's, this is not what this is about. No, not at all. In fact, uh, as you can tell, because you were actually heavily involved with my campaign. A, a lot of people might not know that, but you you contributed to my campaign. Huh. You were there. You were helping me. You were my accountability partner. As and, with Mike Munch and Ed Pace, yep, other, so, other people who ran, I, I thought I thought great individuals and in their character is strong, godly, moral people. So And so you can attest to the fact that I did indeed run a clean campaign. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Uh, in fact, uh, Gabe, you and I had a... Gosh, it was a wonderful meeting where we met with uh, some church leaders, some local uh, elected officials, and we had a prayer meeting. And this thing lasted, gosh, what, what was it, like four or five hours or something yeah. like that, where we, we prayed for our opponents. We prayed that we would not be angry with them. Uh, Absolutely. It, it, was, it was a beautiful experience. Awesome. It really invigorated me. Uh, refreshed my soul. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was in the thick of it then. The, the, it was. the drama was going on as far as... Uh, running a campaign and it was it was good so it was very good it was very good for me and uh, I know it was very good for Mike and I know it was very good for Ed because those two were also at that same meeting yeah Uh, you know let's let's switch it up a little bit and let's talk about uh, one other thing that the media has really uh, shied away from and and I think this is actually really important because it wasn't just that he violated uh, the the campaign or or the city policy against campaigning there were a few other things that came out of this that uh, that uh, really were quite interesting. So I'm going to just read off the paper here. Uh, so on uh, October, or August 23rd of 2017, uh, Mr. West received a suspension letter. Mm-hmm. And the reason for the suspension letter was he had violated the city of Spokane's general harassment, anti-bullying, and anti-retaliation policies. Mm-hmm. So he had gone after a co-worker, is what, is what this appears to be. Now... The very next day, August 24th, he received another suspension letter. Mm -hmm. So he didn't let this go. He went after that same individual two days in a row. And this is, this is actually quite a travesty because there's, there's a victim out there and, and I don't know who this person is. I have no idea, but there's a victim out there that was subjected to some, some bullying tactics from Mr. West Enough so that they had to go to. They had to report it to they HR. Had to report it to yeah. HR two days in a row. That's a that's an unsafe work environment. That's something that we should definitely stand in opposition against. Yeah. And the connection, I think, people are probably wondering why we're belaboring this for so long is because he his connection to, to the cab. Why don't you address that as city city advisory board? Uh, absolutely, that was actually my next point, and this is this is really important. Um, so Bob West is the vice chair of the Citizen Advisory Board, which is an independent police oversight committee. Mm-hmm. They take on cases that are high profile that the uh, the public 
deems needs a second look, right? It's, it's a way to police the police, if you will. Yeah. Okay. Well, Bob West, if he's, he's, he's actually, he's still on the cab as I understand it. I'm not sure. I know that there's been some calls for him to resign. I, from what I know at this point, he's still on it and is refusing to resign. But I'm actually going to call on the cab, the cab board to do the right thing here, because this is, this is very important. And this goes beyond, uh, beyond me. It goes beyond Brandy. It goes beyond Bob. Mm -hmm. It affects the city. It affects the city. Exactly. It, It affects actually the entire County. Right. Okay. And when you have an individual that's in leadership, not just on the cab board, but in leadership of the cab board who is engaged in this type of behavior in bullying tactics, uh, doing pol- or being a, uh, against a policy that Spokane uh, City has, it really calls into question the validity of the cap. It really, it really, you question the credibility of it. Right. That's important. They can't lose that, right? Yeah, it's the small things. The small things matter. You know, I'm telling you what, I, I don't know how many times, you know, I've, I've looked at the character or somebody over something small, insignificant, like, you know, just, just little things. And it, 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 it speaks volumes into a person. If, if they're going to violate just a simple, just everybody knows in public, you know, works especially, the resources that the city has, whether it's a car, whether it's a, you know, like vehicles that they use or a computer, it, it belongs to the city. And we can't violate the trust of the taxpaying constituents. They, they pay their taxes and they trust that their money is going to be used uh, in a godly way. Well, that's me. I want to use it in a godly way. But they, they want it to be used in a fiscally responsible way. And, and that computer is not for fraternizing. It's not for campaigning. It's not, it's not for anything other than work. The people demand accountability. Yeah. And what this does for the cab is consider the next high-profile case that the citizens want to be, to be looked at, to have that second look. And then you have this individual on the cab. Any ruling that they, that they put out there, it's going to immediately lead to questions. Right. You know, if... How can we trust them now? If, if right. they have this individual who's willing to do all of these things, how can we trust their ruling? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, I think it's essential to the, to the future of the cab board that they remove this individual. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, continuing right along, uh, I'd really like to point out, um, you know, some of the things that, uh, that we're seeing online, you know, and we've already talked about that a little bit, but they've really tried to, uh, tried to divert uh, what's, what's actually happening, right? They've, they've tried to divert and they've tried to project as well. And this is something that we see oftentimes with, with those who follow more of the left-wing ideology, right? Um, a, a great example of this is Hillary Clinton, right? When Hillary Clinton was running for president, uh, what, what, was the, what was the big thing she kept saying about Donald Trump? Russia. She colluded with the Russians, or, or uh, he, he colluded could, yeah. with the Russians, right? It's the Russians. Exactly. It was, it was, it was the Russians in our closets now. Yes. Uh, what actually has come to light? The other way around, she's involved in Uranium One. If people paid attention, she was probably one of the biggest receivers uh, in the you know, world. Billions of dollars um, to get precious metals and uh, uranium. Yeah, that's just expensive hardware for building nuclear weapons or who knows what. And they're mining that, and she's, she's getting a, a little cut of that. So the very same tactic that she accuses of, she's doing. So... And that's something the listenership really needs to uh, remember. When they hear stories about, uh, you know, somebody, a, a conservative uh, a politician mm-hmm. that's engaged in this type of behavior, and you're hearing it and you're coming, it's coming from the left, right? The, oh, yeah. Whether it be the spokesman or, or the New York Times or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. Um, 
if it's coming from that, you really got to question. You got to really question: Are they projecting? Yeah. Because oftentimes, when they're when they're throwing out that you know that dirty laundry, it's actually their own dirty laundry. Right. That's what they're talking about. We have to be very mindful of that. There's a vicious double standard in the left. They, it is. They they expect things their way, but there's not much give. There's a lot of take, not much give. So I agree. And 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 kind of the last thing I guess that uh, I wanted to talk about on on this subject was. There's also been some stories out there that uh, that I'm I'm sort of masterminding this, which is oh, okay, uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny to me. It's not that bright, y'all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's that's good. <laughs> uh, but no, the, this this idea that uh, that myself and and Matt Shea have been masterminding this right. this uh, this thing just to just to take out our our opponents. Uh, this is kind of ridiculous, honestly. I, I probably shouldn't even spend that much time on it, but. But in reality, this what this would take for for Matt and I to to mastermind this thing, it would take so many different city of Spokane employees. Uh, it, it would take the mayor of yeah. Spokane. I, I would have to have the mayor under my thumb, or right. Matt would have to have the mayor under his thumb in order to get this story uh, to see the light of day. Yeah, I, I don't have that much power. I, I don't even know if I want. I, I don't think I would want that much power, honestly. Yeah. Well, the quote in the spokesman was that you and Matt were looking for things that were nefarious, and you are Matt and I are neither. Calling this, this is not nefarious. This is just simple character. It is not nefarious uh, to hold somebody on the cab responsible to be ethical. So there's nothing nefarious about this. I'll agree. And people could say, "Hey, this isn't a big deal." And, but you know, little things matter, little things matter. And, and yeah, that's just more projection. They do. And, and one of my, uh, one of my favorite movies, I think probably for, for every guy out there, this is probably in the top five favorite movies, right? It's better it's be good. Tombstone. Ooh, great movie. I'll be your Huckleberry. Okay. Right. Great movie. We can probably throw quotes at each other all day long, but one of the, one of the better quotes that, uh, that I remember, and it really pertains to the issue that we're talking about is, uh, it's Val Kilmer playing Doc Holliday, and they start talking about uh, Wyatt Earp wanting vengeance. And his, his quote is, is something to the effect of, it, it's not vengeance that he's after, it's reckoning. It's, it's a day of reckoning. And that's, that's really what we're after. We're not, I, I'm not attacking uh, Bob West because he was, he's Brandy Pete's father. Mm-hmm. That's not my intention here. Mm-hmm. My intention truly is justice. Right. And, and I seek the truth, and, I, and you seek the truth. Yeah. That's what we're doing here. Uh, so, and like you said, this happened back in the summer and that's, that's really how long it takes for the government to process things out in the city. And it just, it takes a while. So, and I know for sure the local media is spinning this and, you know, they're spinning it as if, um, you know, like you said, you and Matt have some nefarious agenda and it's, it's really just accountability. That's all it is. It's simple. That's it. And and these are people. And unfortunately it it involves names, but I, I can't shy away from that. You can't shy away from that, you know, in the same way, let's say this happened to you um, and you were involved in politics still and this happened with your folks. It matters. It's, it's relevant. It does. Uh, now, we had actually had plans. We weren't going to even talk about this, uh, this subject. Uh, originally, we were going to have a show. Uh, I think we we're going to call it a rallying cry. Uh, and, and that's really what uh, what this show is all about is, is getting Christians to engage. Absolutely. Right? And so I know that there were a few subjects that you wanted to address, um, specifically uh, encouraging Christians. Yes, and, and really going with uh, with sort of our motto on this show of, of of getting Christians to plug into the pew and to plug into politics. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and hit those issues? 
Well, my call is of God. You know, I'm talking politics with you, but my purpose is to see the gospel fulfilled when Christ said, go into all the earth. And my region of the earth is Spokane. And when I go to bed at night and I think about this radio show and I think about whatever we're doing on Facebook Live, my heart is that pews would be filled with men of God, not just women, because particularly most houses got are filled with women because they're compelled to see kids in their homes grow up. And there's a lot of men because they've seen church. They've seen traditional church. They're tired of it. They, they, don't, they don't want more garbage. They want truth. And I think when they sit in church, they're bored. <laughs> and, and usually church is pretty girly to a guy. Not my church. Covenant, Covenant Church is an amazing church, and I have an amazing pastor, and he's preaching the truth. And my heart is to see, and to anybody who's listening, hear me now. I hope you're listening. Get plugged in to a local church. There is a reason why in the 60s, Caleb, on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, do you know who one of the guests con- consistently was? Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Okay, and if you don't agree with Billy Graham's doctrine, I really don't care. But, but for us to nowadays... There is no like invitation to Franklin Graham, Billy's son, to come on the Carson, or you know, it's not even the Carson show, whatever the Tonight Show is. And the reason why we've had such a decline in politics, we have had a decline in the House of God, is because the church no longer has influence, and they, when they do influence, it's usually with hipster clothes and and you know, trendy pastors who say stupid things like they are not willing to stand up for abortion. Carl Lentz, you know, he's been on the View. He couldn't even stand up to saying yes, it is a sin to have an abortion. He. He, he waffled on that, and, and I'll call him out right now. He's not like he's listening. <laughs> but the truth is, we got to have pastors with a backbone, and we got to have men with backbone who are going to do the right thing politically, and they're going to go and fill houses with God. And I'm not trying to fill my church. I'm trying to see every church in Spokane, the good ones especially, not, not soft ones that preach watered-down messages, but the ones that speak truth. And so if you're listening right now, my encourage to you, men of God, women of God, young teenager, get in a local church, get plugged in. Don't just go once in a while on holidays, go get plugged in, get, meet your future wife there. <laughs> meet, meet, meet your best friend there. That's what that. So I'm going to, I'm going to step in here, Gabe, and I'm going to, I'm going to actually say, I do want to see uh, it because it's not just your church. It's our church. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm, absolutely. I, I was invited actually by you to our church and I am so happy. You're flourishing with where I'm at yeah. in that church. That church is phenomenal. When you find a church like that, you grab hold with both hands. So I actually want to see our church filled. Uh, Amen. Like you said, our pastor is Ken Peters. We're going to bring him on as a guest yeah. uh, really soon. Our probably. church sponsors the show, one of the first sponsors. Absolutely. I'm proud of that. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we're actually winding down to the very end of the show. And so I just want to uh, remind the uh, the listenership that for Gabe and I, for Church and State, uh, we're going to continue the good fight. We're going to finish this race, and we are most certainly going to keep the faith. Amen. Uh, did you want to uh, end us in prayer, Gabe? Or? Yeah, quick prayer. I want to say a quick prayer for the city of Spokane and for the Spokane Valley and for all of our elected officials. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we use this airtime for your glory. We thank you, God, for the resource to be able to send a message out to the community, send a message out to those who are listening. Father, I pray right now that your name be known and the gospel of Jesus Christ be known. God, I pray for our elected officials, our politicians, our sheriff, our our police officers, our public works, every single city employee, God, I pray for our city that we would do the right thing. And God, I pray that you would help us fight the good fight that was spoken about in Timothy. Help us to finish the race. Help us to keep the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Goodbye, Spokane, for now. God bless.